This is the Apex United Methodist Church podcast. So next year, in the year 2020, we're going to celebrate 150 years of Apex United Methodist Church. Since 1870, we have gathered as a family of faith for worship, for Bible study, for fellowship, for service. So just to put this in perspective, in the year 1870, the Civil War had been over for five years. Ulysses S. Grant was president. Construction was just beginning on the Brooklyn Bridge. Railroads were booming. Automobiles weren't going to exist for 15 more years. It was in those days that our Methodist ancestors here in Apex organized a church. A church that would grow and change. A church that would face challenges and make important decisions. A church that would love God and serve the community and become the church that we know and love today. Today at Apex, at this campus, our average worship attendance is about 760, which means hundreds of us are gathering every Sunday to continue the legacy that our ancestors began. We are worshiping, we are fellowshipping, we are studying the Bible, we are serving the community, and we can do this because in 1870, men and women diligently built something that through the power of the Holy Spirit could withstand the test of time. So this is the final week of our sermon series called Generous. And for the past three weeks, we have been talking about the ways that God is so very generous to us. That God is generous in his invitation for us to be his disciples, to be a part of his family, to be a part of God's kingdom. God is generous in setting a feast for us. God is generous in his sacrificial love for us, which of course we see that most with Jesus stretched out on the, co- on the cross, giving his life for our life. Throughout this series, as we have explored the ways that God is so generous to us, we have also reflected on how God wants his generosity to flow through us in order to bless others. God is generous to us, and God is generous through us to be a blessing to the world. So today, as we close up this sermon series, as we close up our generosity campaign, we're going to reflect on the ways that God invites us to be a part of his generous legacy. We're going to discuss how God empowers us and equips us to leave a legacy of blessing that can withstand the test of time. I love how Peter Stropel defines legacy. He says, legacy is not leaving something for people. It's leaving something in people. It's not leaving something for people. It's leaving something in people. Our Methodist ancestors didn't leave something for us because this building that we are worshiping in is not the original building. No, the legacy left is in us. It's in the ways that we connect with God, connect with one another, in the ways that we serve our community. Our Methodist ancestors taught their children how to love and serve the Lord, and they taught their children, and they taught their children, and they invited newcomers and taught their children, and so on and so on. 
a lasting legacy, the generous legacy of God, is something that lives on in our hearts. In scripture, we learn a lot about legacy. And one of the places where we, where we learn a lot about legacies in the book of Nehemiah, which is in the Old Testament. So let me tell you a little bit about Nehemiah and the world in which he lived so we can better understand the scripture that we will read in a few moments. So Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king of Persia. Now this was an important post because Nehemiah was responsible for presenting the king with anything that he would drink. So, of course, his job was to make sure that goblet was always free of poison. The king was depending on Nehemiah for his personal safety. This was an important post, and clearly, the king trusted Nehemiah. And this was a big deal because Nehemiah was not Persian. He was a Jewish man, an exile, a minority descended from the Jews who had lived in Jerusalem and had been banished into exile under the reign of Babylon. So 150 years before Nehemiah's story, the Jews were living in Jerusalem when Babylon invaded. Babylon destroyed the temple, tore down the walls of the city, killed many of the Jewish inhabitants, and took many more away back to Babylon, where they lived in captivity as exiles. Well, a few years after that, Persia invaded Babylon, took over the region, and the Jews then found themselves exiles in Persia. And the Persian king, who was Nehemiah's boss, was relatively favorable in how he treated the Jewish exiles who lived there. So this king let some of them go back to Jerusalem to start to rebuild the temple, and this is where our story of Nehemiah begins today. So the book of Nehemiah begins with Nehemiah's brother visiting him in Persia. And as he visits Nehemiah, he brings tidings from Jerusalem. He says, quote, The people in Jerusalem were living in great trouble and shame. Their city is in shambles. The ancient wall, a legacy of King Solomon, who is the son of King David, one of their greatest kings, his legacy is rubble. Poverty is everywhere. There are no leaders. Things are really, really bad. Upon hearing this news of his homeland that he may never have visited before in his life, it was the land of his people Upon hearing the, lose, the news of their great trouble and shame, Nehemiah breaks down and weeps. He weeps for all that his people lost. He weeps for the hopelessness of this report. He weeps because the legacy of his ancestors, of King David and King Solomon, their legacy is in shambles. But Nehemiah has a job to do. He has to serve the king, and so later on that day when he presents the king with his goblet of wine, the king notices Nehemiah's countenance and asks him why he is so heartbroken. And Nehemiah tells the king of the report he received from Jerusalem, and Nehemiah asks if he can go home, if he can go home to help restore his people. You see, Nehemiah wishes to start a public works campaign 
to help rebuild the city and rebuild the morale of his people. And much to Nehemiah's surprise, the king agrees. The king sends him home to Jerusalem with an envoy of soldiers, with a blank check to have as much timber as he needs to rebuild the city, and with the newly appointed title of governor. So, Nehemiah goes home to Jerusalem as their new governor. And when he arrives, he realizes that things are as bad as he feared. For three days, he inspected the city. And after inspecting the state of the wall on the third day, Nehemiah knew that that was where he needed to begin. He needed to start by rebuilding the walls. Why? Why was this so important? Because these walls were a powerful symbol of their religious legacy. One of their great kings, King Solomon, built the temple, which was being rebuilt, and he built the walls. And so rebuilding the walls would bring people together to work in productive ways, and it would also remind people that God is still with them, that just as God was with King Solomon and the people of those days, so God is with them today. Just as God blessed their ancestors, so God would bless them today. So that's what Nehemiah did. He gathered around all of the people, and in chapter 2 of the book of Nehemiah, verse 17, this is what he tells them to begin this public works project. Then I, Nehemiah, said to them, the people, you see the trouble we are in. How Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem so that we may no longer suffer disgrace. I told them that the hand of my God had been gracious upon me and also the words that the king had spoken to me. Then they said, let's start building. So they committed themselves to the common good. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. They committed themselves to the common good. They reclaimed the legacy of their ancestors and they worked night and day to restore this symbol of their heritage. They worked night and day to build a wall that would protect their vulnerable neighbors. They worked night and day to build up their community stone by stone by stone. The first church where I pastored was in rural Hillsborough. And it dates back about 175 years. And I love the story of how the old sanctuary was built. The story goes that the men and women of the church scoured the fields, collecting all the stones they could find. And then they gathered their stones all together, and then they built the walls of their sanctuary, stone by stone by stone. Theirs is a legacy of building for the common good, just as Nehemiah's team built for the common good. And this, my friends, is the call of the church, to build for the common good. Though the call of the New Testament is not to build walls, it's to build the body of Christ. The call of the New Testament is to build up one another so that we can contribute to the common good, which is the work of God in the world. This is what Paul was talking about in Ephesians 4, which Elise read for us earlier when he wrote, 
The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Until all of us come to the unity of faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. So God gives gifts to each of us. He gives us stone by stone by stone for the purpose of building up the body of Christ. God gives us gifts for the purpose of building up the body of Christ. He gives us gifts so that we can leave a legacy. And the legacy that matters is how we contribute to the building up of Christ's body. Remember what Peter Strobel said, legacy is not leaving something for people, it is leaving something in people. What Paul is telling us in Ephesians is profound. He's saying the measure of our legacy is not how much money we leave in our bank account. It's not how big of a house that we deed to our children. It's not how many things are named for us when we are gone. The measure of our legacy is how deeply we have impacted the hearts of those around us for the good of the body of Christ, which is the church. Here at Apex, we have been blessed by countless spirit-inspired people who have left a legacy for the building up of the body of Christ. Every ministry and mission that we share today is the result of someone using their gifts to build up the body of Christ. Some of these ministries are decades old, some are just beginning, but all of them illustrate the truth about leaving a legacy that they begin with the legacy left in someone's heart who are inspired to pass it on to others. I invite you to turn your attention to the screens and we're going to watch a video about one of our legacy ministries, the Sunshine Singers. Uh, I'm Margaret Kelder. We joined the church in November of 1978 and I joined a church choir at the same time. Sunshine Singers are a group of children that sing. We started with preschool through second grade, but then they kept knocking us down more and more and we're just preschool now. I started about 40 years ago when my children were young and did not have the uh, opportunity to sing, so I decided to do something about that, and that's when Sunshine Singers began. Oh, I have such a good time. I stuck with it. I see the joy in the children's faces. I see these children who have gone on to sing in higher choirs, play handbells, be in music groups outside of the church and they just know the message of God through these songs. I just find that songs lend, I don't know, credibility, understanding to the children. When they sing these songs over and over again, they start to know them, they believe them. My favorite part is seeing the joy on children's faces, but also seeing a child all of a sudden start participating. A child that may have been sitting in a corner just listening, all of a sudden is standing up and singing and doing the actions and smiling. Those smiles are worth a fortune. Oh, my hope for the music department and program here at Apex is to see the children continue through music throughout their life. More than that, I'd like to see them to continue and let the circle continue through them 
to make the music program stronger. To leave a legacy of any kind, take that first step. It doesn't have to be a big step. It doesn't have to be a final step. Just take the first step. Sunshine Singer started with about eight children. And now we have 35, 40 coming in Sunday mornings. Don't be afraid. Trust God, trust yourself, and go ahead and take that first step. So I'm curious, by show of hands, how many of you have been impacted by the Sunshine Singers? Whether you've been, in a, you've been a singer, you've had a kid who's been a singer, you're an adult who was a singer at one point. How awesome is that? That one step creates a legacy that blesses others, that gives us an amazing youth choir, adults who are now singing elsewhere because they have been inspired by a legacy that Margaret received from those who came before her. Paul tells us that the Spirit equips us for the work of ministry so that we can build up the body of Christ. This is what we see in Margaret's story, and this is what God wants to do in each one of us. God gives you a generous legacy, which is his Spirit, living and working within you. And God wants you to share that legacy with others. God has given you a generous legacy with the Holy Spirit within you, and God wants you to share that legacy with others. As you know, we are in the middle of a memorial garden project to build a columbarium and a memorial garden and, and a prayer labyrinth. And the prayer labyrinth is going to be built in loving memory of the Reverend Glenn Mason, one of our beloved pastors who died suddenly two years ago. Pastor Glenn left a lasting legacy in many of our hearts, and one of the most foundational ways that he left a legacy with us in building up the body of Christ was how much he encouraged us in our spiritual formation. And so the prayer labyrinth will be built to honor that memory, to honor that legacy, and to encourage us to carry on in prayer and in communion with God. As we finish up our generosity campaign today, I remind you that our mission and ministry here at Apex is possible because of the financial generosity of those who have come before us. This beautiful sanctuary, the property that we call home, the programs, the missions, all of this is made possible through the generosity of Apex's members throughout the years. Um, throughout the series, you've seen the generosity ladder, and this is a, a tool to help you kind of think about where you are in your generosity journey, where God might calling you to be. And tonight, today, we're going to think about how we are leaving a legacy with our financial contributions. Have you considered including the church in your will? Are you giving in such a way that you are helping to build up the body of Christ? Your generosity with your finances is an important way to leave a legacy that will bless members of Apex 150 years from now because your financial generosity is vital for us to build up the body of Christ for the transformation of the world. Today is the last day that we're going to invite you to fill out a pledge card and worship. And thank you for those of you who have already done so. And if you have not yet had the opportunity, I invite you to do so today. 
the pledge card, it's your chance to say how much you intend to give in the year of 2020. And you can drop it in the offering plate when it comes by later in the service. And as you make your pledge, I invite you to remember how Nehemiah and his team built their walls, stone by stone by stone. Every person's contribution, big or small, mattered. Every person's contribution was vital for the common good. God wants to leave a legacy through you. God wants to equip you for the building up of the body of Christ. God wants to empower you to not just leave something for the next generation, but to leave something in others as well. As Miss Margaret so beautifully said in her video, just take it one step at a time, stone by stone by stone, and one day you'll be able to look back and see all that God has been able to accomplish through your generous legacy. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. I invite you